0: Hurry, hurry, hurry to Monday matinee on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
0: Hi there, and welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio theater. Tonight is episode 538. I'm Jack Ward, speaking closely to the mic, and alone in this podverse. And no, I'm, I'm not missing Alone in the Night My Wavefront episode, but I'm rather missing David Alt, our co-host. This is a busy time of year, and now that I've got my recording equipment working, I'm happy to be back. And although David isn't here, I hope he's doing well. And I'm equally thrilled to present tonight's features, three episodes, the very first three to get you hooked, from Kinda Evil Genius Productions, Wolf 359. You can find them at wolf359.fm. I have to admit, I was a little slow on listening to Wolf 359 originally because I had it in my head that they were a Star Trek fan show. Not... That would stop me it just slows me down let me clear that one up however all posterity's sake wolf 359 is deliciously unique and beautifully written and it builds slowly at first but with great precision towards each season's climax but don't let me go on and spoil you without further ado wolf 359 right here on the sonic society
2: Three fifty nine. This is the audio log of Communications Officer Doug Eiffel. I am speaking from the comms room of the USS Festa Station. Welcome to day 448 of our orbit around uh, dwarf Star Wolf 359. Today's weather report, pretty nominal. Surface temperature is averaging at about oh, a crisp 4,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Instruments are picking up less than 10% chance of stellar flares. Just another happy sunny day out here seven and a half light years away from Earth. Minkowski and I finally cleared up that problem with the temperature on the station. All the climate control systems are back to normal, and our stalwart autopilot Hera promises she'll be a little less gung-ho in her efforts to conserve power. You know, I understand that As an artificial intelligence, it's difficult for her to remember that human beings can't function at 400 below zero. That's fine, everyone makes mistakes, but if she could stop talking about my fragile, carbon-based, uncomfortably liquid body, it'd be a real breakthrough for human-AI relations. Speaking of scientific advancement, it's been three days since Hilbert's come out of his lab. I think this is the fourth time since mission launch he's been sitting with us at dinner, suddenly yelled, of course, and ran off. I can't understand what Hilbert's saying half the time anyway. It's just as well, I'm still banned from the lab. You accidentally knock over one vat of acid and almost burn a hole in the hull and suddenly you're... Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. Whatever you're up to, Dr. Hilbert, best of luck. I gotta be careful with these. Minkowski confiscated another cigarette carton today. You'd think that after a year and a half on this tin can, our resident Stasi agent would let up. I get it. Cigarettes are contraband. But it's not like if she let me have one, I'd immediately light it and accidentally set the station's air supply on fire. Again. The people on this station have serious trust issues. That makes the tally 17 cartons that she's confiscated and... One, two, three, still tucked in the back of the auxiliary comms panel. Safe and sound. I gotta stay sharp about where I leave these things, though. I know I can't actually smoke them. I I just like being able to have them in my mouth. I like the taste. Oh yeah. Eat your heart out, you succulent rat-killing tar. Alrighty, folks, let's see if we can actually get some work done, shall we? Our mission tonight is the same as last night, and the night before that, and the previous 400 nights unto the end of my attention span. Scan the heavens for any signs of intelligent life. Yesterday, we spent a very relaxing three hours listening to absolute silence coming from the Theta-Nu quadrant, and that was great. That was just great. Today, how about we take a look at what's going on around the Alpha Psi Sector? Is today the day we make first contact? What do you say, Alpha Psi 1? Outstanding! Alpha Psi Sector Bearing 1? No contact. What do you say, Alpha Psi 2? Bearing 2, same as it ever was. How are you feeling, Bearing 3? Well, folks, I don't need to tell you that we are in for one exciting evening. I mean, I don't know if you have any dinner plans, but... What the hell? Did did, did I just hear... I thought I just heard something for a moment there. Um, Hello? Alpha Psi Sector, Bearing 3. Is anybody out there? Does anybody copy? No, I suppose not. I must be hearing things. I mean, hearing things is my job, but you know what I mean. You know what? i I think I need some coffee. Yeah, that, that'll make things better. i'll I'll be right back. back, and I have coffee. Of course, it's not actually coffee. It's mostly blended seaweed with some proteins and stimulants. Helbert says he got it as close to the taste of coffee grounds as he could, but that's not saying much. Calling it coffee helps. Speaking of the good doctor, I passed by his lab on the way to the kitchen some pretty weird noises coming from inside, even for him. Check this out. So that's happening. Once again, I hope you know what you're doing, Dr. Hilbert. Oh, no. Looks like we have an unscheduled caller on line one, dear listeners. Eiffel? Yaminkowski.
1: Excuse me?
2: How may I be of service, Commander Minkowski, sir? Don't tell me you need more cigarettes already. I gave you a full carton this afternoon.
1: Very funny. Eiffel, did you read your copy of Price and Carter?
2: My copy of what?
1: Price and Carter's Deep Space Survival Procedure Protocol Manual.
2: Is that one of those mandatory mission training things? Yes. In that case, yes. I definitely did.
1: Did you now? Because I happened to find your copy of the DSS PPM floating in the observation deck. Oh? Still in its plastic wrapping.
2: Oh. In that case, I've been busy.
1: Get to it, Eiffel. We may be eight light years from Earth, but we still do things by the book. This book, in fact. I want you to have it read by 0600 tomorrow.
2: Gee, Commander, I'd love to do that, but I've got all of this deep space survey to do tonight. Very, very complicated technical stuff that requires my full attention, so... If you
1: can't recite that entire book backwards and forwards by tomorrow, I'll not only confiscate the cigarettes you've got in the comms panel, I'll make you watch as I flush them out the airlock. One by one.
2: Well, clearly this is an important matter that requires my immediate attention.
1: Glad we understand each other.
2: And I'm so glad that your shriveled husk of a dictator's heart is as warm as a decompression chamber. Ugh! Alright, let's get this over with. Ira?
3: Yes, Officer Eiffel?
2: Have you got this Jimmy Carter thing in your databanks?
3: Tyson Carter's Deep Space Survival Procedure Protocol Manual is among the files I have access to.
2: Can you please reproduce the contents of that file? Certainly.
3: Would you like me to broadcast this throughout all of the station?
2: Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Let's, uh, let's have this be a just, the two of us, totally secret, never tell Commander Minkowski thing, all right?
3: Very well. Ready to begin?
2: Ready as I'll ever be. Take me away, sweetheart.
3: Weiss and Carter's Deep Space Survival Procedure Protocol Manual. Congratulations on your assignment to a deep space outpost. Whether your stay is of a scientific, exploratory, or disciplinary nature, we hope that you enjoy a peaceful, restive, minimal casualty residency in your spacecraft of choice. To maximize your chances of a successful return to Earth with all your limbs and faculties intact, please display a strict adherence to the following 1,001 surprises.
2: One thousand and... oh, it's the extra one that's really annoying
3: survival tip number one. Always read the instructions before operating any piece of machinery. Deviating from this might result in the loss of valuable equipment, which could lead to heavy fines. Deep space survival tip number two. every day with a few minutes of
2: exercise. Isometric exercises are no harder to do in zero gravity than they are on Earth and just as rewarding. Jeez, I'm gonna need some more coffee.
3: Deep space survival tip number three. Spacewalks are a serious matter. They are very <sighs> delicate operations filled with hazards so only use them as a source of amusement if you are really bored. I think
2: we really go for one of those just about now.
3: Survival tip number four, conserve your oxygen. Even in environments with an air recycling system, oxygen can be limited. So keep your breathing at a slow, steady pace. Remain calm. Failing to remain calm could result in your grisly crisis death. So whatever you do, do not panic. Panicking will only serve to accelerate your oxygen consumption and make your already likely demise a certainty. If you want to avoid dying painfully alone in the cold darkness of space, gasping desperately as freezing oblivion silences your pathetic hopes and dreams, relax. Deep Space Survival Tip number five. Remain positive at all times. Maintain a cheerful attitude even in the face of adversity. Remember... When you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. But when you're crying, you're in violation of fleet-wide morale codes and should report to your superior officer for disciplinary action. Deep space survival tip number six.
2: Oh my God, there it is again. You're a shut up. Hygiene. That's definitely a transmission. I might be able to clean it up a bit, actually. Come here, you. Hold on. No, 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 come back! Damn it, I've lost the signal again, but I'm not crazy. There's definitely something out there. Come on, talk to me, whoever you are. I say again, Alpha Psi Sector, Bearing 3, do you copy? What was was that? Are, Are we seriously blowing up now? Is there a survival tip about what to do for blowing up?
1: What the hell was that? Eiffel, were you smoking again?
2: I was not.
1: If I come down there and find a single burnt mat...
2: Eiffel's <laughs> <laughs> not at fault, Commander. Loud noise came from my laboratory. Apologies. Didn't mean to cause distraction.
1: Dr. Hilbert? Are you okay? Naturally. Why is state of my health in question? That was a rather loud explosion. Oh, erroneous assumption. Loud noise was not
2: explosion. Then what was it? Don't know. Something else. Not explosion. Something...
1: Less destructive. A hairdryer, perhaps. Dr. Hilbert, is anything around you on fire? Definitely not. Well, probably. Too busy with
2: experimental sample to look around. Rigorous observation cycle must devote full attention. Hilbert out.
1: Hera? The current temperature in the laboratory is 210 degrees Fahrenheit. And rising. And I'm guessing that the fire containment system... It's still out of order due to last week's electrical outage. Great. Well, I guess we gotta break into his lab and make sure he doesn't die.
2: Hey, I'm still banned from those premises, and last I checked, he outranks me. This is all you,
1: Eiffel. A man's life might be at risk. If
2: only we didn't do things by the book around here. If
1: you're not down at the lab in five minutes. I am going to make uh, sure what's that, that your Commander? rations for oh, the rest you're of the mission up. are nothing. The but fire oh, don't you dare do not do this, Eiffel. Are you there? Not do you around. copy? I swear to that? mute Eifel button. Eiffel. Ah,
2: have fun with the rescue op. Ha <sighs> Alone at last.
3: Would you like me to resume the reading where we left off?
2: As scintillating as that sounds, Hira, I think we can just leave it. Are you certain? Yeah, I got the gist of it. Besides, I feel like there's something I'm... Forgetting. Right. That. What are you? Who's out there? <clears throat> Hello. Does anyone copy? This is Douglas Eiffel aboard the USS Hephaestus Station. Please respond. Again, is anybody out there? Please respond. Sweet, merciful tap dancing zombie chorus girls. It's an old radio broadcast from Earth. A signal sent out. God, this must be decades old. All this time, it's just been traveling through space, bouncing from star to star. I mean, just imagine. Of all the odds, of all the space, it just happens to run into us. You gotta wonder how many things this song has seen. Well, it looks like I didn't stumble onto alien life today. But you know, as consolation prizes go, a reminder that Earth is out there, waiting, with all its hi-fis and smoking sections and triple white chocolate mochas with whipped cream. That ain't half bad. (laughs) Well, until we meet again, this is Hephaestus Station comms officer Doug Eiffel signing off. I should probably go make sure Hilbert isn't burning to death. Eh, I'll go after this song is over. This has been Wolf 359, written and directed by Gabrielle Urbina. The roles of Eiffel and Hilbert were played by Zach Valenti. The role of Minkowski was played by Emma Shirzarko. And the role of Hera was played by Michaela Sui. Original music by Alan Rohde. And audio recording by Jared Paul. Tonight's space transmission was The Entertainer by Scott Joplin. Want more tips on how to survive in the cold, unforgiving void of space? Visit wolf359.fm or follow us on Twitter at wolf359radio for more information on our show. Welcome to Wolf 359. First of these signals, and they don't seem to be stopping. We had some doo-wopy number yesterday, and now some classical music that sounds very angry at me. And all 13 intercepted songs have been super informative. Origin? Unknown. Intended destination? Unknown. Frequency? Erratic. Sound quality? Well, we can safely conclude that Operation Freaky Deaky. Space music is ongoing. Operation Fine Cooler Names for the operation is still in its opening stages as well. In any case, this is the log of communications officer Douglas Eiffel speaking from the USS Festa station. It's day 455 of our orbit, looking forward to another calm one around Red Dwarf Wolf 359. Yep, super calm, totally uneventful day, smooth sailing.
1: Eiffel, you insubordinate hyena. This is outrageous, even by your ridiculously low standards. How do you even expect to get away
2: (laughs) It's not as if Minkowski yelling at me for things I had nothing to do with and don't know anything about anyway is particularly remarkable, so still, you know, simple, boring, consequence-free day for... Officer Eiffel, this is most unprofessional. Viled conduct like this undermines vital equilibrium of station personnel. Must insist that you return the oral... (laughs) Whew, boy. Everyone seems to be saying all kinds of weird things tonight. The sheer normalcy of everything today must be getting to him. But anyway, dear listeners, since I don't have anything to report from the USS Efesta station, this has been the log of communications... Officer Eiffel? Ugh.
3: Do you have a moment...
2: What is it, Hira?
3: Is everything all right? Commander Mankowski and Dr. Hilbert seem very upset with you.
2: I have little to no idea what you're talking about.
3: I just thought it might have something to do with why you locked yourself in the communications room.
2: Oh. That.
3: Yes. Right before you used lead piping to jam the door handle.
2: Well, why, uh, yeah. You know, I guess I did do that. Isn't that funny, Hira?
3: it seems more like premeditated caution
2: now hey wait nothing is premeditated here the very suggestion that i would meditate anything i mean it's laughable (laughs) Huh? ah screw it all right fine as part of my ongoing punishment for maintaining my humanity in the face of bogus military protocol minkowski made me help her do an inventory of the supply stores today Turns out we had a grand total of one tube of toothpaste remaining. One delicious, minty fresh tube of breath saving relief for the remaining 275 days of the mission. Well, you know, inevitably conflicts get bureaucratic around here, so I figured that it was necessary and or, prudent to secure my fair share for the sake of equity and uh, morale. Basically, I took the entire tube.
1: Eiffel, open the door this very instant. Evening, Commander. Nothing to see here. Thanks for stopping in. See you later. Bye! This is beyond harebrained. You know that, right? You know that you have to- I guess we might as
2: well talk about this. Hostage is such an ugly word, Commander.
1: I haven't said hostage.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to get ahead of the curve. Now, hold on. I've got to make an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your communications officer speaking. By now you've noticed that I have recently cornered the market in a certain vital hygiene product. Now, before anyone decides to get clever or heroic, you should know that I'm not above doing something stupid here, alright? You try to break in here, you so much as scratch the door into this room, I sense the teeniest disturbance in the force, and I will dump all our remaining toothpaste into this can of oil I picked up from the hangar bag. So if you want to avoid that kind of turbulence, please keep your hands and feet to yourselves for the next portion of the flight. Capiche? Come on, Commander Minkowski, I want to hear verbal confirmation. One run for yes, two for no.
1: I ought to throw you in the brig for insubordination.
2: We don't have a brig.
1: I'll work something out.
2: Hmm. What about you, Dr. Hilbert? Do you read me?
1: I felt this plan is no good.
2: Can't spend the rest of mission locked in Gom's room. Your power is considerable, but the starvation will be even more considerable. Try me. I got some old magazines, a window, and Radio as Entertainment seems to be making a comeback around here. Plus, I stocked up on food this afternoon, enough to last until the next orbital cycle. Ira, can you confirm for these losers that the Protein packs dispenser's tank has gotten mysteriously lighter?
3: rifle cut stuff into
1: a crew member duffel bag listen to me doug you're blowing this way out of proportion just come out and give us the toothpaste i'm sure dr hilbert will be able to synthesize a perfectly suitable substitute
2: oh no i'm not falling for that one again you said that when we ran out of coffee and now i get to start every morning with a nice mouthful of blended seaweed You said that when we ran out of soap. And now I'm lucky if I don't get first-degree chemical burns when I shower. I am done with Hilbert's homemade substitutes for everyday commodities. I don't care how far away we are from Earth. I still have rights. I still have the right to toothpaste.
1: All right, this conversation is over. Hera, could you please initiate Eiffel Protocol M?
2: Hello? Commander? Ira, what did Minkowski mean by Protocol M? How many Eiffel protocols are there? Um, hang on a minute, everyone. Well, folks, I gotta admit, Minkowski and Hilbert have proven themselves more creative than I'd anticipated. Cutting power is one thing, but they shut off the heat. I'm not sure how cold it is, but my water supplies froze half an hour ago, so I'm gonna go with cold. I think they even rigged up some kind of fan system through the air ducts for added wind chill. <sighs> But the joke's on them, because I've just about managed to patch my comms console into the life support system's power lines. Just a few more connections, and... Ow! Okay, so that one wasn't it. Let's try... Oh! I mean, hey! <laughs> All right! I got ears again! Oh, let's see what our local fascist dictator and mad scientist are up to, eh? Hmm. Okay, they're in the lab... Okay, plotting. Let's see here. ...wildly weaponized derivative of halothane vapor.
1: Crude but effective as night-night agent. And you're sure it'll knock him out? Oh, 100% certainty. We just put on gas masks and then have here a pump gas throughout
2: central ventilation system. I forget moment where he think he smell molasses, then good night for 16 to 20 hours. Very fast, very effective, like Sandman, but more trichloroethylene.
1: I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's a good thing. But it won't harm him. No, no, no. Very benign. No pain. Minimal brain damage. But could there be pain? Could we use a gas that causes him a little pain first and then knocks him out? Well, hmm.
2: Yes, yes, possibly. Good chance to test theory about vaporized bromine, actually. Could make a solution that causes very painful irritation to the epidermis of... You know, I think I might just be happier not knowing where the rest of that conversation goes. Christ, what a pair of ingrates. You'd think, after everything I do around here, they'd let me have this one teeny-tiny thing for myself, but no, God forbid that Doug should have some vestige of creature comfort for himself for extra days before he settles in for hundreds of days of stale, unsmoked cigarette breath. No, no. Can't have that. Gotta brush our own teeth. What avarice! (sighs) But the joke's on them. I've got a gas mask. I'm mostly sure it works. And I'm gonna try to use the comms panel to thaw out some food. Yeah, food is good. More on the great toothpaste siege of day 455 as it develops. Welcome back, everyone, to Hour 17 of our little adventure here, which, thanks to our most recent development, is Hour 31 of No Sleep for Doug Eiffel. So yes, dear listeners, between the cold and the frozen food and the sleep deprivation and the chunks of ice I keep pulling out of my hair, and the unsettling fact that a few hours ago I smelled molasses, but then I didn't get knocked out, and I don't know what that was about, and the occasional moment when I'm pretty darn sure I see Peter Sellers playing a Game Boy in that chair over there, which is objectively wrong. I think I'm starting to lose it. Don't think this means you're winning, though. Just because I'm cracking up doesn't mean I'm cracking. I may be a few fries short of a happy meal by the end of this, but I'll be the only madman on this station with triple action whitening, breath freshening cavity protection. You don't scare me, alarm noise from hell, so do your worst. <sighs> Oh my god! (laughs) That worked? Officer Eiffel? Hera! How are you talking to me right now? I still have all comms on mute.
3: My interface is directly routed into the station's loudspeakers, independently of any of your systems. You couldn't shut me up if you
1: wanted to.
2: Well, that's a comforting thought, I guess. What do you want?
3: Commander Minkowski has asked me to intercede in this conflict as an impartial arbiter. I'm here to discuss the terms of your surrender.
2: Surrender? No. Screw that. I'm winning here.
3: Your situation is untenable. You haven't slept in over a day. Most of the food you have is inedible. And you've spent the past 16 hours at minus 40 degrees.
2: Fahrenheit or Celsius?
3: Minus 40 is the point where it doesn't make a difference. You're headed for cardiopulmonary arrest, acute hypothermia, or a mental break with reality. Any or all of which would be detrimental to our mission objectives. This is about your well-being.
2: This is about honor, Hira honor, and basic human rights. You might not know much about them because you spend all your time indoors, but I'm not gonna cave until I've indicated my beliefs and clean my mouth out at least once while humming Mercedes Benz by the immortal Janice Joplin.
3: My data banks indicate Janice Joplin died in-
1: It's
2: not
3: relevant. <laughs> Will you at least listen to Commander Minkowski's terms? They're very generous. She only has you in the break for 10 days.
2: We don't have a brig.
3: She'll work something out.
2: Look, no, forget it. I'm not surrendering. Go tell her Imperial Majesty Minkowski. She can shove her Patriot Act fear tactics where the Red Dwarf don't shine. We will fight on frozen beaches.
3: Officer Eiffel, would you kindly look out the window, please?
2: What? Why?
3: Just do it, please.
2: (sighs) All right. Not much, uh, a lot of darkness, some stars here and there, um, Wolf 359, of course.
3: And mm-hmm. um, what do you see when you look at it?
2: Well, it's more orange than red, really, and uh, it's pretty big, not as big as the sun, but still sizable, and there's some flares.
3: And what do those look like?
2: Jesus, Hera, I don't know, They're just kind of bright spots, like tiny flash bulbs going off. Does that mean there's something up with the star?
3: No, the star is nominal. What it means is that was probably enough time for Dr. Hilbert to dissolve the hinges holding the comms room door in place.
2: What? Never fails, Bryson
1: Carter 614. Then in doubt, dip it out. It being hydrochloric acid. Don't take another step or the toothpaste gets it. It's frozen in its tube, Eiffel. This little revolution is over. It'll be easier on all of us if you come quietly now. Do your worst, Commander! You'll never take me Make sure you log the valuable lesson you've learned, Eiffel.
3: Oh. Oh.
2: Ow. Either I'm still unconscious or I've been stuffed into the broom cupboard.
1: We've started calling it the brig.
2: How very resourceful of you, Commander.
1: I think so, yes.
2: Any idea how long before we can look back on this whole incident fondly and laugh about it? Hopefully from places that aren't the inside of a broom closet?
1: Oh, it might be a little while. At the very least, until Hilbert and I finish using up our last tube of toothpaste.
2: Time's the brakes. I'm guessing there's not too much to be gained by saying how sorry I am, Commander? Eh? Commander? Hello? Well, I guess we're on to the solitary part of this confinement. I'm not sure how long I'll be away, dear listeners, so I'll leave you here. This is USS Hephaestus Station's comms officer, Doug Eiffel, recording from the Broom Club, the Brig. Good night. This has been Wolf 359, written and directed by Gabrielle Urbina. The roles of Eiffel and Hilbert were played by Zach Valenti. The role of Minkowski was played by Emma Shurzarko, and the role of Hero was played by Michaela Swee. Original music by Alan Rohde, and audio recording by Jared Paul. Tonight's space transmission was A Night on the Bear Mountain by Modest Mazorgsky. Want more examples of what not to do when you stage your revolution against the man? Visit Wolf359.fm or follow us on Twitter at Wolf359Radio for more information on our show. 359. But this isn't just any day, dear listeners. No, this is a day of darkness. A low tide. A half-melted fudgesicle of despair. It's physical day here on the station. I've spent all day avoiding Dr. Hilbert. There was a moment this afternoon when I thought he'd cornered me in the bathroom, but I was able to avoid him by squeezing into the crawl space underneath the sink. Certain people might call spending two and a half hours in a cramped hole in the wall just to avoid a mandatory physical examination unreasonable. Some would call it only delaying the inevitable. To those people, I say... Officer Eiffel, are you busy? Incredibly, utterly busier than I have ever been and might possibly ever again be. Oh, you are aware that today is crew member of physical examination day, correct? Painfully. Painfully. Well, please make your way to my laboratory so that we can begin collecting samples. As you know, it is a very time-intensive process. As irresistible as you make that sound, Doctor, unfortunately, I'm preoccupied with some important matters that require my full attention. What matters? Well, I'm... Well, I'm calibrating the uh, reception of the radio relay to allow a direct reception of the hertz to increase our um, roger coefficient on the... Primary, frequency... You're doing a diagnostic of our deep space comm system? Couldn't have put it better myself. Oh, my, Officer Eiffel, that is very simple. Here I can run that program through automated functions.
3: He's right, Officer Eiffel. It shouldn't take more than a few minutes.
2: If if only it were that simple. Unfortunately, um, the power outages from a while back knocked out some of the circuitry, so I need to reset the entire system manually. Manually? Manually. Honestly, Doc, this might be a while. Why don't you take a seat in my waiting room? Oh, no. If you're delayed, then I must secure Commander Minkowski's participation first. I will call on you later, Eiffel. <sighs> that was too close. He's like a friggin' shark sniffing for chum. And thanks a lot, Hira. I was just trying to be a What you were trying to do was be an accessory before the fact. Also, I have a bone to pick with you. This morning I asked if we had any hot water left, and you said we did. But when I hopped in the shower, the water was freezing.
3: Correct again. That is an accurate summation of your sensory experience.
2: So what happened?
3: Doctor Hilbert used all the hot water on a radiation experiment in the greenhouse. The report we gave you about its availability was an outright fabrication.
2: So you lied to me.
3: Lying is a word with many negative connotations. Trifle.
2: So you tactically lied to me.
3: Previous observations suggested that you would refrain from showering if you knew there was no hot water. (laughs) Given pre-existing concerns amongst the crew about your hygiene, this was deemed an unacceptable outcome.
2: Wait, the crew's concerned about my hygiene?
3: Commander Minkowski has made eliminating your persistent body odor a priority one task.
2: I don't have persistent body odor
3: analysis of the mineral content in the air around you is just that...
2: I'm not going to sit here and get lectured on how I smell by someone that doesn't have a nose. I can't take showers in freezing cold water.
3: Actually, Officer Eiffel, data collected this morning shows that you are, in fact, perfectly capable of taking a shower with freezing cold
2: water. Just don't lie to me again, Hera.
3: You place too much judgment on the concept of lying, Officer Eiffel. Remember the old saying... Words cannot harm you. It is only sticks and stones that can fracture humans' bones and break his feeble, delicate flesh. Or should I give Dr. Hilbert a call and tell him that you are available after all?
2: All right, fine. Let's drop this train of thought. It pulls into a station my feeble, delicate flesh can't handle.
3: Very well. Also, Commander Minkowski asked me to make sure you got the message she left in the comms
2: room. Hmm. Oh, I was wondering what that thing taped to my door was. Let's see... Eiffel, been noticing something strange in the greenhouse. Unusual growth in uh, aggressive tendencies. Oh, Might compromise safety if left unchecked. Going back to continue observation. Contact at once. All right, I officially have no idea what she's going on about. Hey, Commander.
1: Eiffel, about time.
2: Only just got your memo. What's got you all DEFCON 2 over there?
1: A few hours ago, I wandered into the greenhouse while, uh, conducting an inspection tour of the station.
2: You mean avoiding Hilbert?
1: The details are unimportant. While I was here, I noticed that one of our plant samples is looking rather strange.
2: Strange how?
1: It's gotten big. Very big. It's almost five times as large as our next biggest sample. And it's got all these, I, I guess they're roots? They stretch out of its pot and go into the ones around it. It almost looks like it's trying to starve out the other samples.
2: Things probably just hungry. Give it some soil and chow or something and call it a night.
1: No, I think, I think this might be a problem. I'm going to stay here and observe this situation. Observe? Yeah, just to see if there are any changes in the next few hours.
2: Few hours? Oh, right. What? Nothing at all. Commander, I think you're right. This sounds like a sensitive situation, and you should give it your undivided attention. You do? Absolutely. Who knows what problems this could lead to if left unchecked. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you
1: 100%. Great. That's refreshing. Well, I'll keep you updated on any developments. Please do. Minkowski out. <laughs>
2: mutant space plants. You know, as far as lies to avoid physical examinations go, that's more colorful than I would have expected from her. But I'll play along. Anything for a fellow truant.
3: Attention crew members. In an effort to make today's physical examinations as effective as possible, Dr. Hilbert has asked me to relay the following list of simple do's and don'ts to you. Just follow these simple tips and exercise a bit of common sense, and your physical will be over before the damage is done. List of any discomforts, pains, or irregularities that you are currently experiencing before the start of today's examination. It'll do nothing to relieve them, but after the discomforts, pains, and irregularities of the examination, they will seem trivial in comparison. Don't forget, once the examination starts, there's no way to stop it until it's done. The off switch on the machine literally ceases to function once the test is in effect, so take a moment to prepare yourself else, do what you can to avoid passing out, as your losing consciousness might tamper with the results and force a restart of examination. Do remember that anesthetics have their limits. Certain kinds of pains are beyond the comforting and of narcotics. There are no anesthetics involved in your upcoming physical, but this is just a good thing to keep in mind all times. Don't worry, no one has ever died from one of our physical examinations might, however, be surprised by what you can live through.
2: Good luck! Do remember that the test is run by a sadistic piece of work who should be avoided at all costs. You might think that I'm making a big fuss over nothing, dear listeners, but I cannot begin to tell you how awful these physicals are. In fact, don't take my word for it. Here's a recording I made six months ago, the last time I went through one of Comrade Dr. Moreau's little wellness checks. Officer Eiffel, I said cough. Uh, I don't want to cough. Now. That was just stage one. I'll spare you stages two through 21. Here's a pro tip. If a doctor ever uses the phrases optic nerve and will only hurt for a second in the same sentence, you tell him to go frequencies, amplitude, watts, buttons.
1: I'm working. Eiffel.
2: Oh, it's only you, Commander. How's Plant Watch?
1: The situation might be more serious than I thought. I set up some cameras to be able to monitor the sample from outside of the greenhouse. On the monitors, I saw the plant sample writhing, writhing and growing. But then, as soon as I went back into the greenhouse, it was perfectly still. Eiffel, I think this thing might be able to tell when I'm here and when I'm not. I think it might be intelligent enough to play dead.
2: Oh dear, Commander, that sounds really alarming. You'd better make getting to the bottom of this your first priority.
1: Oh, absolutely. It has to take precedence over everything.
2: I think that's a sound decision.
1: Right. I'm going to go see what kind of weed killer we have in our supply shed. You, stay on the line in case I need backup.
2: Roger that. Well, again, more outlandish than I would have gone for, but I guess your lies get bigger as you go higher up in the ranks. Officer Eiffel? Can I come in? Um, this is kind of a bad time, Doc. I'm still in the middle of that, uh... Diagnostics of our deep space comm system. That's the one. Excellent. Here to help. Help? Yes, help. Don't just know about molecular biology, you know. Expert at computational radiology. Very relaxing as far as sciences go. You don't say... Yes, and concluded I could lend a hand. Besides, the sooner we're done with Diagnostic of Communications System, the sooner we can start with the Diagnostic of Communications Officer. Oh, Doctor, you don't need to do that. I wouldn't want to bother a man of your talents with such simple matters as this thing that I'm doing. Please, Eiffel, no bother at all. Always thrilled to assist a fellow crew member. Besides, in this case, helping is its own reward. That and the spinal fluid samples. Yes. Well, the thing is, well, Dr. Hilbert, I'm going to be straight with you, all right? Absolutely. I would accept no less than that. Great. The The truth is, the truth is that... The truth is that Commander Minkowski needs my help with a Priority One mission. Oh? Yeah, and you know how the commander is. Gotta get right to it. She did mention something about then aggressive parasitic agent a little while ago right exactly so unfortunately i'm gonna have to take care of that before we get to my physical very well we'll check on you in a little bit (sighs) wow saved by the bell commander i know we've had our ups and downs but right now i could kiss you
1: That plant sample? It's not playing dead anymore. It's growing and growing and growing. It's cut me off from the door, and its roots are stretching all over the walls. It's got, oh god, in the middle of all the stems and moss. I think I see an eye. I think this thing is looking at me. Uh,
2: uh, Commander, I appreciate a good story as much as the next guy, but don't you think this is getting a little 1950s drive-in?
1: I don't know what kind of joke you think this is, but I don't have to unravel it get up here with a flamethrower and help me kill this thing really i've got this I- oh.
2: Oh, all right all right i'll be there in a moment hold on while i indulge my commanding officer dear listeners i've never used the flamethrower before so this might be fun right, here I am. Let's get this.
1: Oh my God, you were being serious? Of course I was being serious. Why the hell would I lie about something like this? To get out of Hilbert's physicals. I would never. All right, fine, it kind of started out that way, but now it's serious. Don't just stand there. For God's sake, help me kill this thing. With what? Harsh language? With napalm, you moron. Did you even check the arms locker? Oh, the one you won't
2: give me access to? Wait, what's it doing? What is. Are those teeth? No, no, wait! No, don't! I'm iPhone! Ah! Hi again, dear listeners. So, it seems that I may have uh, misjudged the conversations I was having with Minkowski earlier. Turns out she wasn't just making up an excuse to avoid Dr. Hilbert's physicals after all but rather she had actually found a space mutant plant monster. I don't have the time right now to give you all the details of the commander and I's miraculous escape, but the, uh, I guess we call it a creature, fled into one of the station's air vents. Its current whereabouts are unknown. Minkowski and Hilbert are arming themselves with whatever weapons they can find or make, and here are shutting down all of the non-essential vents to limit the creature's path... With any luck, we'll be able to track down and kill it before it manages to corner any of us. Which means. Which means that our physical examinations are suspended indefinitely! <laughs> On account of a station wide emergency! Yes! <laughs> oh, yes! This has been a good day, my friends. A good day. Recording from the comms room of the Hephaestus station, this is Communications Officer Doug Eiffel signing off. Good night, folks. Good night. This has been Wolf 359, written and directed by Gabrielle Urbina. The roles of Eiffel and Hilbert were played by Zach Valenti. The role of Minkowski was played by Emma Scherzarko, and the role of Hero was played by Michaela Sui. Original music by Alan Rohde, and audio recording by Jared Paul. Want to find out more about Stages 2 through 21 of Dr. Hilbert's physical examinations? Visit us at wolf359.fm, or follow us on Twitter at wolf359radio for
0: more information on our show. And that's this week's show. Please take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes. It's almost Christmas, and all we want in our stockings are some great reviews from listeners. Alternatively, you can also email us at sonicsociety at gmail.com, or visit us at sonicsociety.org, or join the Facebook group, or even contact us on Twitter. We do love to hear from you. Also, this last week was episode 60 of the Electric Vicuna production podcast. Go to iTunes. And add that to your podcast list and go back and listen to every single one of the Electric Vicuna production shows. 60 different episodes, multiple shows in some episodes. Pretty exciting stuff. But join us next week as we get ready for our upcoming holiday with a little medieval fun. Well, until then, I'm Jack Ward. Thank you, and good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
2: Are you in the mood for a good laugh? (laughs) Or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. (laughs) Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all or choose the genres you really love. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Ear Buddies, Podcast, Arama, Casting Call, COD, past and wherever quality shows are found okay i made a few of those up or simply go online to mutualaudionetwork.com and of course it's all
0: free, free.
2: the free. mutual audio drama network listen and imagine together maintaining social distancing of course